was talking about the story of Jonathan and how he, um, you know, um, he began, uh, had this moment when his father was uh, basically <coughs> felt um, like, you know, he, um, uh, he did not, he was afraid and um, <coughs> he had no idea what to do. And Jonathan uh, <coughs> seemed to, um, <coughs> you know, be able to um, say, you know, the, here we are and um, we have need. Brother David, let me give you this. Um, we don't know uh, what to uh, do going forward. And Jonathan basically said, I'm going to trust the Lord and the Lord is able to answer, whether by many or whether by few. And we talked about his heart and having the heart of, of God. And we, we, that was our, our beginning and talked about internal motivation versus external and how all of that is important. And then uh, we went through slide 27. We talked about having a heart for God, having it set apart for God and that sense of teach me your way, Lord. I want to uh, I, I want to be set apart, set apart for you. The next part of your heart and working on your heart, and I know our heart, the Bible said, is desperately wicked, and it can be overwhelming at times when my heart is, in fact, David wrote, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock. And there's times when our emotions get overwhelmed. There are times when things happen and we find ourselves frustrated. You find ourselves overwhelmed. You find yourself wondering, what can I do? And how do I realign my heart to God? Well, the first thing would be to consciously try to open yourself up to God. That's what it means to set yourself apart. It is that sense of, Lord, uh, I need to remember who I'm serving and what, I, what my goal is, what my plan is, what my purpose is, what I am supposed to be doing. And, you know, you've heard us say, and, and we've, we've talked about it, and it's kind of a, a gross, but the difference between a toothbrush and a, and a scrub brush and a bathroom brush and uh, all of that, they're all brushes, but they're set apart for different things. And hopefully you don't remember or forget rather which one is which because you know that would be rather pitiful if you use the wrong brush if you just said well hand me a brush and you know your wife hands you a hairbrush and you start trying to brush your teeth you hopefully you know the difference and so that very sense of setting yourself apart for God is that recognizing that I need to align my heart, my emotions, what, what am I feeling? Because is it true? Are there things that come our way that can make us mad? Yes. Anger? Yes. Frustrated? Yes. Upset? Yes. All of the above? Yes. But I have to realign myself and say, Lord, but I need you to help me remember who I belong to. 
Who's in charge of my life? What am I doing? And I've got to consciously, I've got to recognize, wait a minute, that's why the Bible will use phrases like, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, grab them and tie them up. And say, wait a minute, don't go there. Don't go there into thinking that, well, I'm all alone. Nobody loves me. No, wait a minute. The Lord said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Regardless of if there's anybody else in the house, the Lord is with you. And et cetera, et cetera. And so that recognition of, of setting yourself apart. And then as you do that, as you, as you set yourself apart, as you, as you align your thinking with the word, as you say, Lord, let this mind be in me that is in Christ. Let me get myself realigned, my heart realigned. Then the result of that is it produces a sense of courage. You know, and, and, and I don't know if you've ever had to do this. Maybe you've not had to do it. Maybe you're, you're wonderful, but I've even seen children, they, they sort of self-talk themselves. Okay, there's nothing wrong. There's no monsters in my room. I'm not, there's nothing, there's no monsters there. I'm okay. Mom and dad are in the next room. I'm going to be all right. Huh? And at night, you know, we're telling them, don't be afraid. Oh, just go in there. And they've got enough sense to know I got to sometimes talk myself through it. Okay? Well, David was the same way. Judges, it talks about what, what's, what Jonathan did when Jonathan said, all the, the men of Israel went out against Benjamin and Israel put themselves in array to fight at Gibeah. This is uh, when, with, with fighting uh, with the men of Benjamin. And the Bible says the children of Benjamin came forth and they were destroyed to the ground. That Israelites that day, 22,000 men. So imagine you go out and you are wiped out. 22,000 are killed. And what did the Bible say? And the people and the men of Israel encouraged themselves and went back the next day to fight the battle in the same place. Now you go, that's goofy. But the, the key word there is they encouraged themselves. That's what Jonathan was doing with his armor bearer. Come on. God is able to save whether by many or by few. He was encouraging himself. <laughs> you ever had to talk yourself? The Bible says, tells a story in 1 Samuel the 30th chapter where David came back to Ziglag and the city is burning and the Bible says he said call for the ephod and the Bible uses the phrase he encouraged himself. What are you saying? And I know we have the body and we can have individuals that can help and try to encourage us. But sometimes you've got to get to the point where you know how to encourage yourself. You know how to say, Lord, no matter what I'm going through, I know you're not going to leave. I know you're able. And you say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, let me give you a psalm. Psalms 91st chapter. When you start reading that one, read it out loud. My wife told you one night when, when I many years ago when I was gone, and the sounds in the house and she had two little girls there the Bible you know she would lay there in the bed and she would tell you the story that one night she just got up and took out the Bible and looked at Psalms 91 and began to read it out loud march through the house 
Her mom and dad were 10 miles away. My mom and dad were next door. But you know what? She still realized I got to encourage myself. I can't always get them to give me the strength. But the word of God will encourage us. That's what the word is for. And, and, and here, was the, here was the song. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in whom will I trust? Surely He will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. What was He saying? Even if somebody's trying to catch you, I've got a God that can stop every snare. Goes on from the noisome pestilence. Have you ever had just a buzzing almost? It's, it's nothing worse than a mosquito in the... Huh? You're trying to fall asleep. But what's only worse is when it stops going. Then you feel it biting you all over. Huh? The enemy, that's why he's called Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies. He likes to just get in your ear and they don't love you. Nobody loves you. You're not going to make it. You're never going to be different. You can't change what's going to happen sometimes you got to say Lord deliver me from those words that are just repeating over take that tape off why because he's going to cover me with his feathers under his wings thou shalt trust his truth shall be my shield and buckler thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness nor the destruction that wastes in the noonday what are you saying? And I put the word boxing there. Because <clears throat> boxing, I know, rough sport. I'm not advocating it. But one of the first things they teach you in boxing is keep a guard up. Huh? Protect your face. Keep your arms tucked. Why? You don't walk out there going, yep, I got, I can, well, I got the power of the Holy Ghost. I could just whap them good. You're going to be flattened before, huh? Guard your heart. Keep your heart. Lord, when, the, when I'm overwhelmed, that's why when you look at, at what the word keep means there, it means to guard. And, and that's the whole purpose of that. And that's why repeatedly in the New Testament, he said, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. But ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. That's, that's, a, that's a boxing trick. You know what I'm saying? The, the enemy likes to just keep pounding, keep pounding, keep pounding, keep pounding, one thought after another. Why? I'm going to drop my guard and say, well, maybe he doesn't, maybe I'll never make it. 
Oh, now I got your jaw. Huh? Now I can take you down. What do you mean? Oh, somehow, that's where I can get overwhelmed. It's First Samuel. And then answered one of the people. And what was amazing about this story, if you continue reading, when Jonathan goes through and he, he defeats the enemy and the soldiers go, what's amazing about the story is that Saul gets this crazy notion, and I'll, I'll explain it to you, but, but the main key of the thing was he puts out an edict. He said, nobody eat any food. He uses this phrase, cursed be the man that eats food this day. And the people were faint. And then said, Jonathan, my father had troubled the land. See, I pray you how my eyes, because he, he and his, his armor bearer didn't hear the word. They were not disobeying, but they had eaten some honey. He had dipped his sword and they had eaten some honey. And what's amazing is the people came to him and said, your dad said we're cursed if we eat. And he said, look at how my eyes have been enlightened because I tasted a little of this honey. How much more if happily the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies, which they found for had there not been a much greater slaughter among the Philistines. But the key is, why did Saul make that edict? Don't eat. His heart was not about doing it for God. We'd think, oh, fasting, that's a good thing. Saul wasn't fasting food in honor of God. Read it in the 24th verse of the 14th chapter. He said, curse be the man that eats any food until evening that I may be avenged on my enemy. When you get the focus on what somebody has done to you or is not doing to you or how they've treated you or what's happening to you, more than God... Your heart can get overwhelmed because there's nobody that hadn't been done wrong. There's nobody that hasn't hurt somebody else or offended somebody. Huh? Oh, you say, I've never. I, bless your heart. You're in the wrong church. You need to go to the first church of perfection. Huh? But Saul had made this edict of fasting because he said that I may avenge on my enemy. To give you two examples, I mean the second example is found in 1 Kings the 19th chapter. You remember when Elijah had just had the great revival and the fire fell and he ran and then Jezebel was not converted and he goes off into the wilderness, sits under the juniper tree, 1 Kings 19. 
Everybody remembers the story. And what does he start lamenting in his prayer? I, even I only, I'm the only. I've tried to do right. I, huh? None of us are ever guilty of that. But what that is, is an indicator that my heart is off track somewhere. I'm more worried about what's going on with me than what God needs to be doing through me. Oh, pastor, my focus gets wrong. And guess what? I will get discouraged. Huh? That's why, what did the Lord do to Elijah? He said, take a nap. Wake up, eat. Take another nap. Wake up, eat. Keep eating. I want you to come up to the mountain. Remember? 1 Kings 19. And he got him to the place. And what did he tell him? He said, now look. By the way, I need you to go out and anoint Jehu. And I need you to do this. And I need you to do that. And by the way, I still got 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee. Shut up. Basically. Didn't say shut up. Sorry, I forget. We have children here. He didn't say that word. But the point is, what he was saying is, get it, the focus off of yourself and get your heart lined up with God and you will have courage. The greatest way the devil can sap your strength is when you start worrying more about me and my response and what's going on with me and how it's happening with me. You say, Lord, give me courage. It's not by my might nor by my power, but by your spirit. I'm going to hang on to you in the midst of the storm. I don't know what else is going on. I don't know where, what's going to happen tomorrow but you know what I'm going to stay in the presence of the Lord because in thy presence the Bible says it like this that thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand is pleasures forevermore why when the disciples forgot when they were in the boat that Jesus was in the boat they got discouraged trying to work their way through uh, you know uh, defeat the storm you'll never defeat it by yourself but by the spirit and the presence of almighty God God is able that's why Nehemiah when he had the people there and they were so discouraged they felt like things were always you know I don't know if we can make it what did Nehemiah do he made the statement the joy of the Lord is your we sing it around here wait on the Lord be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy heart Wait, I say on the Lord. Uh, what are you meaning? I'm meaning that if you need 
encouraged in this hour. If you're facing some things that you don't know, I'm encouraging you somehow get in the presence of the Lord. Get set apart to God and then just say, Lord, the battle is not mine. It's yours. I'm not going to be able to do this. But you know what, God? You were able. This is why when it didn't matter, Mordecai tried to encourage Esther. We encourage one another. Keep hanging in there. Hold on. I don't have the answer. I can't tell you when your answer's coming. But what I know is I serve a God that is able. I serve a God that can do it. I serve a God that can make a way in the midst of the Red Sea. I serve a God that can do anything. You say, well, I just don't feel, I, I don't feel encouraged. You know what? Because of what I'm going through and how bad I have it and what I've got and what I got the focus on the wrong thing. Turn the focus back on God and say, Lord, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but one thing I do know, you are able. New Testament said it like this in Romans. He says, for I am yearning to see you that I may impart and share some spiritual gift to strengthen and establish you that we may be mutually strengthened and encouraged and comforted by one another's faith, both yours and ours. What are you saying? There's strength when you come to the house of the Lord. Strength when you connect with the body. You say, well, I, I can make it all on my own. Well, let me tell you, it's overwhelming out there. But when you're up here praying and there's two or three people gathered around you, huh? Man, walk away. I feel better somehow. We're able to make it. God's able to help. What are you saying? I, is, it, I, is the problem gone? Am I never going to have another? No. But, but I, I have courage. Why? Because I've been in the presence of Almighty God. And I realize that, you know, when the Lord doesn't answer in the first few minutes, and when the Lord doesn't answer the way I think He should, I can get discouraged I can do something stupid. Don't think you're all alone. Children of Israel, they've seen all these miracles. They come through a wall of water. And that 40 days, and they get there, and Moses goes up in the mountain, and immediately they go, he must have died. We got to get him a new God. A new God? This one just did amazing things for you. Well, we need to make it... And the Bible uses this phrase. It said, because the children of the Israel, because Aaron delayed coming. Remember what happened to Saul? He was demoralized in this 14th chapter. So what does he do in the 15th chapter? He can't wait for Samuel. I can't wait. I got to do something. I've got to do something so that I will be avenged. We sing it, wait on the Lord. John the 11th chapter. Here's word, Lazarus is sick. He's going to die. 
What does Jesus do? Waits. That's the part I hate. I feel like if I put the right coins in and hit the right button, clunk. I hate when it doesn't happen. And what does it do? It's either going to produce one of two things in me. I'd have to tell you my heart's failed this test sometimes. It didn't produce faith. It didn't produce trust. It produced frustration, fear, anxiety. Huh? I'm, I'm trying to have courage, Lord. I know my time's up. I, I've got some more slides. I'll try to finish them Wednesday. What, what are you saying? This heart issue. Maybe you have no trouble with your heart, but mine is desperately wicked. I need the Word of God to search me, Lord. When I find myself getting frustrated, when I find myself getting irritable, and I'm, this is just... But you don't know, they really, she really made me mad, and you don't know what they did, and they really offended me and they really and they and it's all about me 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 huh and I have to go back and go whoa, 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 wait, wait. Lord you've been so good to me you've been so kind to me whatever you're doing do it in me so I can be a blessing to somebody else why I don't know I don't know what's going on. I don't know what tomorrow may hold. But one thing I do know, I know the one who holds tomorrow. He is Alpha and Omega. The author and the finisher of my faith. He is going to be there. He stands at the door and knocks and yet he is the one that said and the spirit and the bride say come let him that's what are you saying aren't you overwhelmed yes I'm overwhelmed I read that now you can have COVID brain I got it can't remember my own name sometimes Got to have a calendar. Oh, don't you have worry, concern? Sure. But you know what? I know a God that is able. No matter what. But aren't you? I'm not. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm fearful. I'm overwhelmed. You know why? Because I'm trying to figure it all out. Rather than to say, Lord, you got this. You got me. You're the one that made heaven and earth. This plague didn't catch you off balance. Oh, Lord, what's going on? What's going to happen with the economy? Is it recession? Is it not? Or, you know, who's going to be in power? You know what? We'll do our best. But, you know, I still know a God that is greater. 
I know the God that spoke the worlds into existence. He is able to make a transition just like that. He is able to make a way where there seems to be no way. I don't know. You can, I, whatever the doctors may say, and I, I think it's great. We've got folks going to the doctor and Sister Brush is going this week and others, Brother Larry Hall is going to have some nasal surgery. But you know, that's not about the doctors, but it's still knowing my hands, my body, my life is not in my hands. I'm putting it in the hands of the one that made heaven and earth. You are able, Lord. Let's stand. Hallelujah. In fact, let's come.